0: Everybody, this is Julie with another episode of my favorite episode of today. I have Ashley as our guest. So, Ashley, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, Ashley uh, actually has her own podcast called Geek History Lesson. So, before we get into um, um, the show and episode that we're going to talk about today, can you tell everyone a little bit about your podcast?
1: Yeah, so Geek History Lesson is a show that I've been doing for five years, we have almost 300 episodes. I uh, co-host it with Jason Inman. We take one character from pop culture that you need to know about and teach you everything in about an
0: hour. So we're at three hundred and we haven't run out of topics yet. We're doing great. That's awesome. So everybody, check it out. I'm assuming you're on all networks like the um, like iTunes, Spotify, everywhere podcatchers can be found. Awesome. All right. So today we are going to be talking about. Um, an episode of the show MASH, yeah.
1: episode
0: seven of season three called Checkup. So I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, this the, this show was one of these, sh- like one of the shows that whenever you're like scrolling through channels, you always see it. Um, and for me, it was like I've never actually put it on, didn't even know what it was. Like for some reason in my head, it was like a game show. <laughs> I don't know why. I think I just like made that up in my head. Like, oh, it's just some like game show and just never watched it. So when Matt told me that that's what we we're going to be talking about today, I was thinking it stood for something. Like, <laughs> like there was a show that I knew what it was and he was just like putting it in acronym form. But no, it was the show MASH. Um, I mean, it does. It does stand for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Oh, there it is. But that's what it's about. <laughs> I was thinking, like, I don't know, something, something that I would know, I guess. Um, so I really have, obviously, if you can't tell from that in- introduction, I have no knowledge of the show. Um, so I'm going to let you take it over and just kind of give us a, a brief summary of what the show is all about. Yeah. Well, Mash is um,
1: one of the most important television shows of all time. Um, arguably, of course, the greatest comedy that's ever been created uh it it started in 1974 and i believe waited until 1983 when 11 years maybe started 72 i don't know but there's 11 seasons and the korea it's based in the, um on the uh, korean war which only went three years it's the alan alda vehicle And it focuses on a mobile army surgical hospital and their hijinks. And I know that doesn't sound hilarious. And I did mention that it technically falls into the comedy category. But it was one of the first shows that did things like introduce darker humor, tackle um, complicated subject matter through a humorous lens. It does become a little more serious Uh, And a little drier in later seasons, but the first three seasons were the most comedic. They had the OG cast, and then after season three, a bunch of actors didn't come back. (laughs) Some of their characters died, some of them didn't, and we basically get introduced to an entirely new cast. This episode is the one that is colloquially known as Trapper Gets an Ulcer, and it's basically between this and the episode of Far Beyond the Stars of Deep Space Nine, for my favorite TV episode. And I thought this would be more of a surprise, which is why I picked it.
0: (laughs) Definitely a surprise. But as I've said on previous episodes, it's kind of nice to branch out and watch stuff that you never thought you would actually watch. Totally. Um, So it was a pleasant surprise, I guess we could say, because obviously I had no idea what this show was about, being that I thought it was like a game show. Um, And I think I just always thought of, I don't know if this was like a game that you played when you were a kid, but we used to play this game called mash and it would be like telling oh, yeah, like, yeah. telling your future of like, what, if you're going to live in a mansion, who you're going to marry. <laughs> so like, that's what I, maybe that's why I had it like built in my head that it was some sort of like game show, but I was obviously way off. So um, can you tell me why this is your favorite show and why yes. you picked this episode in particular?
1: So just from a writing standpoint, The show is incredible, and even by modern standards, it's really, really solid, and it really holds up. Some of the early episodes do that weird problematic Hollywood thing of everyone who's kind of brown gets to play a Korean person. Mako shows up as five different characters. Okay. But for the most part, they do tackle a lot of social issues that were not being tackled at the time. There's an episode about homosexuality and... From the characters from Hawkeye and Trapper's perspective, um, it's not a big deal. They want to be accepting, they want to be helping. It all comes through this weird drunken lens um, of like low grade misogyny because they are all trying to get off all the time. But I think it has a lot of really important things to say. And then if you look just from A writing construction perspective, there's a joke every three to five lines. And that's hard because the structure of a joke is set up, set up, punchline, set up, set up, punchline. And so to have that be the device upon which you're building your narrative, then to have it make any sense, like they're driving the continuity of the story forward, I think is really, really powerful. And Hawkeye Pierce is just one of the all time great television characters there's not much to be said for continuity like you said the korean war was only three years long and i think there's five christmas and new year's eve specials so it's not like anyone was really worried about it but the arc of his character from the beginning of the show and where we meet him to where we find him at the end is pretty powerful there's a joke that you may have heard that's the baby is a chicken that's from mash mash has set up so much of what pop culture is and every sitcom that's come after it It's kind of between this and Cheers, which one they're copying. And I like this episode in particular because my favorite character is Trapper John. He was only there for the first three seasons. And then Wayne Rogers was told that it was going to be like a co-star. It was going to be like him and Hawkeye as the lead characters. But it becomes pretty evident beginning in the first season that like this is the Alan Alda show. Then he starts writing and directing and like really getting in charge of things. So Wayne Rogers basically got, uh, got mad and left. And for me, that's a real bummer because he's replaced by a character named BJ, uh, played by Mike Ferguson, who is really, really good, but just Trapper brings like an element of danger because he's just as good as Hawkeye. He's just as smart as Hawkeye, but he might punch you in the face mm-hmm. and Hawkeye would never do that. So like he brings a real edge to the show that I think especially um, under Colonel Blake is really like a secret sauce. And when he leaves, he kind of just quit and never came back. So the first episode of season four is all Hawkeye and BJ trying to drive to the airport to say goodbye to Trapper. And his bottom with Trapper is so strong and they never get a real goodbye. So the goodbye that we see in this episode that winds up being reneged due to a technicality and because this is only season seven of like a 30 episode season, is the only real goodbye that we get to this character. It's the only real send off. So I find it to be really meaningful. And then uh, Wayne Rogers actually died a few years ago on New Year's Eve. And this was the episode that uh, we watched to commemorate him. Cause it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful goodbye.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Abs- and tra- uh, Trapper is the one that had the stomach ulcer, correct? Yes. He's okay. the blonde one. Yes. Okay, got it. Um, and then, So that was, that was a great summary of why, you know, this, you chose this and why this is your favorite show. I don't know if this is from the, for my friends that listen to this podcast, I know that they aren't going to, didn't know shit about this show. Um, So you kind of gave it like the full picture of like, what's going on. Could you give a summary of what this particular episode is about?
1: Yeah, so this episode is super easy to sum up. Uh, They're all getting their physicals and the officers. Most of the characters in the show who you meet who are doctors, even though they were drafted because they're doctors, because they're specially skilled, that means they get to be officers right away as opposed to enlisted men. So most of the characters are officers. All the officers are giving physicals to each other because they're all trained doctors. Uh, Hot Lips Houlihan, who's the nurse and truly you can't tell in the early seasons but like low key one of the best characters in the entire show she's so incredible she's doing all of the physicals for the nurses and Trapper John my boy really doesn't want to have one and he's being really shady and it's weird because like him and Hawkeye pretend to sleep in the same bed together and they run around in their underwear and robes all day so you're like why does this matter who cares get it done and it turns out that he has an ulcer, which if you are unfamiliar with the way the military worked in uh, the first half of the 20th century, that meant that you could be discharged. And he's feeling some kind of way about that, which is wild, because all they want to do is get discharged and go home. Uh, so then it turns out that he doesn't have to go home. He can stay, but in preparation to leave the rest of the Officer Stroma party. It's great.
0: I wrote down, um, and this was in the beginning, but... I'm going to be very bad with names, so I'm going <laughs> to need you to, to say sure. what the names are because I only got down a few names, honestly. I'm assuming, so is Hot Guy the one that was... Hot
1: Guy's the lead, so that's all the really skinny, really tall, dark hair. Okay, so the Bra- one that, uh, that, red that wanted bathrobe. to be the
0: doctor for the woman. Yes. Okay, okay. So hi- him and the guy with the stomach, <laughs> Trevor. Trevor, I'm like, I can't remember names. I should have wrote these down. They are doing like a toast with like, I'm assuming it's just straight like. Yeah,
1: they brew. Um, they brew vodka, and they have a still in the swamp, which is their tent. Uh, so they make martinis a lot. That's like their whole deal. That's like their
0: main drink. Yeah, and yeah. I, I particularly loved his toast, which was "Our kidneys, sir. They were fun while while we were alive, and so were we." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I, I feel like I can relate to that." <laughs>
1: I know when I I did a big rewatch of this a few years ago, it was like right after I stopped drinking. And so all of this just makes me go, oh, my body.
0: (laughs) You're like, I'm so sorry, liver. I know. I kind of felt the same way, especially because I had like six martinis last night. (laughs)
1: So I was like, Oh,
0: my liver. I totally feel that. Another part that I felt like I could relate to was when so is one of the guys names Radar?
1: Yes, he's okay. the little, uh, well, he's supposed to be like 19. I think he's fully played by a 36 year old. So yeah. Hollywood hasn't changed. Uh, he is yeah, Henry's he's a man. He is a assistant.
0: Man. He's got the glasses and uh, kind of the higher pitched voice. So he's getting his physical done. And uh, the doctor that's doing it for him like feels Henry, up, Henry yeah, yeah, feels <laughs> up on his tonsils and he starts like putting his neck down and like giggling and I'm like that's literally me. Anyone tries to, like, I'm so ticklish. That part actually, I know it's like so like silly, but it made me like laugh out loud of like how he starts like giggling and like putting his neck down. His uh character does actually get his tonsils out,
1: but I think it's like four or five seasons down the line, so it's not that urgent when yeah. he's told his tonsils need to come out. He
0: actually might have been my favorite character from watching this this episode so right it's only a 26 minute episode so how can someone pick a favorite or a favorite character of a show that they've seen one episode of
1: but my uh my phone is named after him his real name is Walter O'Reilly and that's the name of my cell phone when i plug
0: <laughs> that's amazing yeah I just thought he was so funny like he was just like so odd and it just I thought he was like hilarious I left it, like him with the tattoo and he's like moving the anchor up and down
1: <laughs> He's one of the only characters who actually came over from the movie. So MASH was originally uh, a movie starring uh, Elliot Gould and my countryman Donald Sutherland as Hawkeye and Trapper. And they only took over a handful of actors. And one of them was Radar. And actually, Father Mulcahy, the priest character, was played by René Aubergenois of Deep Space Nine fame, uh, who just recently passed away.
0: Hmm. What is the... So, Klinger? Mm-hmm. So he what's what's his deal?
1: So Klinger's the one that everyone knows because Klinger's the one in the dress. Uh Klinger is trying to get uh section eight, which is where you're basically kicked out of the army for well, you're discharged. You're discharged for being mentally unfit or compromised in some way. And he is trying to get kicked out for being a word that's now a pejorative and we don't use anymore. Um, But basically for dressing like a woman. He's not pretending to be trans. He's just dressing like a woman which is supposed to prove that he's insane. But the ongoing joke is that they are so desperate that they're just going to keep him around. In these early seasons, he shows up as cameos, but he becomes a full-fledged character later on. He marries the woman who goes on to play Keiko in Star Trek The Next Generation and uh, Deep Space Nine, who's Mulan's mom now in the live-action <laughs> movie.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I was want- – because I – when I was wa- – like, it's it's hard to – sometimes think of the time like the time of when it was made versus like today's time right so yeah that's why I was like I don't know if this is like legit or if this is like their way of humor of being like um at this time it would be so crazy for a man to dress like a woman so that's what he's doing to get out or if it was like nope that that's his sexuality you know what I mean like it was like one of those things where like I was trying to understand of like exactly what you said like was he doing it to try to get out of being you know in the army or was he doing it because that was who he was so thank you also you, for that up.
1: you also have to look at it right through the lens of like this season of the show was made in the 1970s and it's set in the 1950s because that's when the war was right like it's they made it in the 70s as an analog for vietnam but it's set during the korean war so like you're we're, we're jumping like two time periods so this right. was a period piece right even when it was like greece was technically a period piece when it was made in the 70s because it was set 20 years
0: earlier Got it, right. So I got the scoop on him. I'm like trying to go through my notes of like trying totally. to understand who each each person is. The one conversation that the blonde, and I guess I'm assuming it's her boyfriend, have about her being fat. Yes.
1: Um, a, like
0: amazing dialogue.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of
0: conversations
1: about whether or not Hot Lips is fat. She's not. Yeah. Um, not at all. <laughs> like not at all. But so that guy, his name's Frank Burns. He's uh, Hawkeye and Trapper's other roommate, and he's married. But he promises uh, Hot Lips that he'll leave his wife and that they'll be together. But it never
0: happens. Mm. Interesting.
1: Yeah, and he leaves. Uh, he leaves later on and is replaced by another character as well. He's replaced by Charles, I think, in season seven. But he sticks around a little longer than Trapper.
0: Yeah, that whole dialogue between them of him being like, well, you're not slim, but you're not fat. (laughs) I'm just like, I feel like that's like a conversation with me and Kenny, which Kenny's my fiance. And like the way sometimes he says things, we don't really have conversations about like if I'm fat, but like the way, like that's like him trying to like, Him trying to, like, say a compliment, but also, like, don't want to overdo it, so I should probably tell a little bit of the truth. (laughs) And, like, I was just like, wow, this whole... And, like, she, like, accepted it, too, which was hilarious. Like, she was, like, loving him after his whole thing about, like, you're not really skinny, but you're not fat, so (laughs) that's okay. And she's actually... Skinny, she's completely. Probably weighs normal. like ninety eight pounds. Yeah, 100% so we Like Loretta
1: Swit is a very small lady. Yeah,
0: not at all uh, any sort of weight issue. So I thought it was very sad when you're gonna want to punch me after this because I keep like n- not remembering names and I'm like describing them. <laughs> like I don't know why it's not sticking. I should probably just get a pen and start writing people down. But when Trapper finds out that he's not actually going home, yeah, it actually like made me upset because he was so excited to go home and it just didn't happen for him. He's and- uh he's also married and I think his character has two daughters,
1: so he has a lot to want to go home for whereas like Hawkeye is single and doesn't have any kids, so the stakes always feel like a little lower
0: for him. Yeah. Yeah. And you said that you would classify Trapper as your favorite character.
1: I love him so much. I think he's so great. Yeah, so he's
0: definitely your favorite.
1: He's, I mean, it's funny because he's such an asshole at different times, like, (laughs) but that's also what I find very amusing about him. And this is one of the first shows that really deals with the idea of characters having uh, like a complicated history. Like all of these characters, all the men are married, or most of the men are married. They all have girlfriends overseas, but they're sort of starting to deal with the issues of like, it's really hard to be in the military and to work in this line of service and what does that mean and how do you find comfort and how do you deal with uh what you're seeing and like this is the first time that a mainstream show uh evolves into doing things like macabre humor like you always see them in surgery and they're joking and why are they joking and what does that tell you about them and so all these characters who in a a different story with a different spin would be less morally clear you can really empathize with and i think that's really interesting and an interesting evolution of TV as a medium because something like MASH leads you directly to shows like Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul where all you're dealing with is that liminal gray area because we know that that doesn't necessarily make you a bad person
0: right and it just gives you like kind and I know it's a comedy but it really gives you like a more of an understanding of like how things went down when people were in the community and it's just like you when you're not in that situation you don't really know like I know we have family like our our great uncles um they were in the army and like we we found out that like I don't know flash forward like six years later one of them had a child that nobody knew about and it was like with someone that they met overseas and it's just crazy seeing how common that was I guess um yeah, and it makes totally. sense like in your head you're like wow what a dickhead but at the same time it's like they're away from their fat like it's just it was the norm which is crazy
1: yeah and then you're like wow I wonder what that's still like but anyway yeah. we're talking about it show.
0: Yeah. yeah exactly you, you don't want to think that that's still happens fingers crossed it doesn't <laughs> it, it, who knows did you have any specific like favorite quotes from this particular episode because I feel like comedies there's so many like good one-liners that you're just like great quote <laughs> Um, I didn't write down any quotes cause I'm uh, not
1: good at my job, but the number one, like the number one thing that always stands out to me, cause obviously I've seen this episode a number of times is when Trapper still thinks he's going home and after Hawkeye's given him this like beautiful speech and you really get to, it's like the only time you can really see anything like an honest assessment of the depth of their relationship from either of those men and how much they truly love each other. Like Trapper's answer is just like no charge. So together they're still going to be jokey and they're still going to be, they're going to have this facade until the end because that's how they relate to each other. And the way he says it and like that both of them are actually crying, which is pretty impressive because they usually give men, especially in television before like the early aughts, they give men like the emotional range of an elastic band. So to see that scene, I always find it really impactful, really meaningful.
0: Right. And how did you get into this show? Like, was it something where you watched with, like, a, a like a grandfather? Like, it kind of reminded me of a show that, like, my grandfather would have watched, who passed away. Um, but, like, totally his humor. Like, I could see... um if he had been alive like when we were older this would be something that like if we went to his house he would want us to watch because he would totally still watch it right so is there any like was there any sort of like influence of what got you into this or was it just one day you were like i'm going to check out what this show's all about
1: yeah so uh mash ended before my parents met so i didn't watch any of it live but my father was an officer in the military and uh, my husband is a veteran. So I'm like, cool, man, this is my jam. I know what this is about. Um, but all growing up, like MASH has always been, I think MASH has been syndicated since it could have been syndicated. It's basically never gone off the air. It's still on. MeTV still plays it all the time. It's streaming somewhere. So I watched it a lot growing up. Uh, with my father, just because it was always on. And then maybe five years ago, when it was still on Netflix, we did a big rewatch in chronological order. And it was right around the time that we started writing a comic, Jupiter Jet. So you just like look at things a little differently when you're in, you know, sort of a comparable situation. Writing TV is way harder and more complicated and pays way better than writing comics. But that was when I noticed, like, oh, there's continuity for the first time. And you started to develop relationships to the characters that I didn't have growing up. Like, growing up, I was like, oh, yeah, Radar's the best. Like, da 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 Because he's really easy to empathize with. He's really sweet, and he's the young one. So when you're a kid, you always empathize with him. Right. But then watching it as an adult, you'd notice things like, oh, look, Radar's reading um, a Marvel's Avengers comics. Well, they weren't invented until 1963. Mm-hmm. And the the Korean War was over by then. So okay, how is
0: that happening? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he actually reads a lot of Shazam DC comics. Yeah. Which were called Captain Marvel at the time, but that's what he's reading most. And then he has a friend who he talks to over the radio and they send comics back and forth. And I think his name is Sparky. And they actually, if you watch it in broadcast order, there's no official continuity, but there are conversations and there are like little bits and pieces that do cross over. So they'll talk about a comic that they had traded. Uh, in a previous episode, three or four episodes down the line. And that kind of blew my mind being like, oh, wow, this was a show made in the 70s and 80s.
0: Yeah, and and you're totally right with it. It, I do think it's crazy of like how old this show is, but it's always on and they're always playing it like back-to-back episodes. Like it's not like how, you know, sometimes you're going through the channels and you see like one episode of 7th Heaven is coming on and you're like, oh, that's weird, but okay. But like this is like actually always on like you always see it it's crazy and I I think like that almost surprises me and maybe because of like the channel that it's usually playing on where it's like yeah me tv and like I guess like in my head I always associated with like that's not a channel for like kids my age like I like I should be watching Nickelodeon and Disney Channel, like something like that
1: but it's it, such a cultural phenomenon that like when the finale aired two and a half million people watched it wow. live Uh, People watched it in bars. It was like the first time that viewing parties kind of became a thing. And so many people didn't want to get up and go to the bathroom that after the first 15 minutes after it ended, the New York City sewer system backed up.
0: Oh, shit. You know, but it it,
1: it, it comes at a time where there's just, you know, there's like five channels maybe. But like the impact of the show is huge and when you think about it and you compare it to like contemporary numbers like you know when we're recording this the the first three parts of the crisis on infinite earth's crossover happened and like they couldn't even touch this
0: wow that's that's such a cool fact yeah thanks for sharing that that's (laughs) awesome
1: (laughs) this is the first time that we see these characters get emotional i also really think this is a very sad episode For Henry, Henry has a sadder episode later on. He's kind of the older gentleman who's in charge of them all. Henry leaves in a later episode and uh, fully dies, Mm. just gets exploded in a helicopter. Um, And this is sort of the beginning of being able to say goodbye to these characters. And I think that this episode really heralds where the show is going to end up in some of its greatest moments. Like the finale of mash. If you never watch another episode, you should definitely check out the finale because for Hawkeye, it's the culmination of what all of this time and everything that he's seen is. And it culminates his relationship with nurse Houlihan in a really interesting way. Like, I think that they should have gone home and gotten married and they would have been really good for each other and really happy, but it definitely didn't happen. And this episode kind of heralds the tone shift that you're going to get in later seasons where even though this is a comedy, it allows itself to deal with something that's bigger and scarier and more complicated than just jokes, 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 jokes but it's still dressed up like that. Right. Uh, I really just can't recommend it enough. And especially if people who are listening are interested in either like the history of television and crafting it or writing. I think that, I think the whole series is a must watch, but I think in particular, this episode should definitely be on your watch
0: list. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's kind of the nice thing about this show is, you know, or this podcast is, you know, even if it's something that you don't think you would like at least getting the background from listening to the podcast and then checking it out and you could open doors to being like wow this show is amazing i love it and then just start watching it from scratch um and is this the like craziest thing that you've watched so far yeah probably um, <laughs> i've watched like a lot of um i guess like popular shows um some mm-hmm. that there's probably like the one with black black books which is a british sitcom I've never Uh watched that prior to um, one of my guests picking it. You know, then I had people pick, like, episodes of The Office, and I'm a huge Office fan, so, like, I was excited about that. But even, like, popular shows that I just saw on, like, whether it was, like, Netflix or, like, something that was just on regular cable that I – just never got into um it kind of mm-hmm. opens that door for me to, to check it out and see if it's something that i want to continue watching or if i'm like yeah you know, i probably would never watch it again um so it just kind of like expands my horizon of shows too which is nice that's so cool yeah absolutely well that wraps it up for today thank you again ashley for coming on i really appreciate it um and everyone check out ashley's podcast again it is called geek history lesson and have a great rest of your week